Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's Perez. Deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Baez. And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for Brown. 15 10, 5 Touchdown. 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 Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring. Steve-O's got him up. A slam. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. With open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Snapchat, SnapJHood, also on Instagram, IGJHood, as we broadcast live from our first Midwest bank studio. It's the way banking is supposed to be. On the program tonight, we will hear from David Schoenfeld. Who in the... David Schoenfeld, friend of the program. Covers Major League Baseball for ESPN.com. We'll get his thoughts about the Cubs, Sox, everything else around Major League Baseball, including the question that's on the table nationally is about Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. Which one would you rather have at this point in time of the season? We'll talk to him about that coming up at 730. Also, we have summer football. We celebrate the great game of football. We will hear from NFL Network's own Stacey Dales. We'll get her thoughts because she's been covering the Bears and a lot in the Midwest uh, as far as uh, football is concerned. So we have summer football coming up with Stacey Dales coming up at our 8 o'clock hour. Also some thoughts because it's Big Ten Media Day. Um, next couple days, the Big Ten uh, coaches are here. Some optimistic and some some have a big gray beard wondering whether or not they can win five games this year. We'll get into that coming up at 8 o'clock. Also, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, and everything else in between. Big fight this weekend, a big fight fail as Thurman takes on Pacquiao. We will hear from Ray Flores live from Las Vegas. He's going to be doing commentary. How about this? You haven't been told this today, I bet. How about this? How about Ray Flores is going to be doing the international call of Pacquiao Thurman with Kendall Gill? How about them? How about them apples? Kendall Gill, who also has uh, delved into boxing in his post-NBA career. So we're going to talk to Ray about that coming up at 845. Also, some White Sox talk. Yes, Sox fans, as pissed off as I am about the White Sox getting swept by Kansas City and the A's, I'm going to be able to keep it together enough to talk to Patrick Nolan from Sox Machine about the future of this White Sox team. Because I'm going to tell you right now, here on July 18th, uh, they broke me today. They broke me. I, you, you lose, not only lose, but you got swept by the Royals. The Royals who are not desirous to win games, okay? They are way behind. And so, just so you know, they broke me today. So don't look for long-form conversations on the White Sox anytime soon after tonight. 
after after getting swept by Oakland and and Kansas City, it just shows you how desperate, how bad the team was post the Tim Anderson injury, and now Aloy down as well. So we'll talk to Patrick Nolan about that. And of course, oh wait a minute, let me check it. Lower the music. Hold on a second. Hold on. July eighteenth. That means today is Thursday, and that means throwback. Throwback Thursday, right here on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. We'll have that for you at nine thirty. It's always good. I'm not going to say we're going to have fun or this is going to be a good one because they're always good. All of them are always good. So I did. There is no well. This one's going to be good. No, they're always good. Every Thursday night for Throwback Thursday, right here on ESPN One Thousand. With you until ten o'clock. There's Dan Lovitard and Stu Gatz right here on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. Glad that you're aboard here. Hope that you enjoy your Thursday night. So I have a question to ask you. Who is the best manager or coach in Chicago sports in 2019? You have just a few choices. There's Joe Madden, the Cubs manager. There's Rick Renneria, the White Sox manager. There's Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach. There's Jeremy Colleton, the head coach for the Chicago Blackhawks. There's Jim Boylan, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls. I think that you look to the top and you see the guy that won the championship. And that was Joe Madden a few years ago with the Chicago Cubs. With Matt Nagy, if you feel that he's the best, that's fine. Nothing has been accomplished yet outside of a division championship, and you know that that's not the ultimate goal. The goal is to be able to win the Super Bowl, and maybe the Bears are headed that way. Maybe they're not. The NFL is really funny that way. But you know that winning the division in your first year is pretty doggone solid. Rick Renneria, someone I don't want managing the White Sox, as the Sox spin their wheels to finally eventually be Houston, eventually be the Cubs, eventually be Atlanta. And Jim Boylan, well, Jim Boylan's already got his starting five figured out. And then there's Jeremy Colleton with a team that's really good and a coach that shouldn't have been fired in Joel Quinville, but yet Colleton's in place as the Blackhawks head coach. David Haw. From the Chicago Tribune, wrote this piece today in the Chicago Tribune. Commentary, Cubs fans should appreciate Madden for what he's done. Hall always on top of it on these columns. One of the things that stood out to me in his column today was Madden merits an extension through 2021 when the Cubs' core could start to change. But realistically, Madden makes $6 million a season and baseball trends make it harder to envision a Cubs organization typically ahead of the industry curve, investing that much money in a manager, even the best one in franchise history. My sense is we would know by now if that was the case, if Madden is going to be the right guy for the job next season and beyond, as as David wrote. Under Epstein, the Cubs seldom have followed their hearts over their heads. Under Epstein, the Cubs seldom have followed their heads over their hearts as we talk about the Cubs with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So, I think it's pretty clear that Joe Madden is the best. And so, here's the question 
why would a Chicago team of any sort, doesn't matter if we're talking about fall sports, doesn't matter if we're talking about summer and spring sports, why would someone fire the best that's in the city? Why would you fire someone that's one of the best in the sport? Why would you do that? Why would you fire someone that was able to lead you to something that no one thought generationally they would ever see as a World Series championship. For some millennials, it's like, oh, yeah, they built the team. Yeah, they won the World Series. Yeah, what's the big deal? The big deal is is that I grew up watching a team that was so bad they couldn't get out of their own way and so cheap and so thrifty that once you spent money and once you had a direction, then you saw the fruits of that labor, and that's a World Series championship. And not only that. Also, a Cup fan should be proud of the perennial winning with the team. How many times, Cup fans, especially those of you of a certain age, have you seen those 70-win teams, uh, less than 82-win teams, underachievement, injuries, bad players, players that just came here and thought, man, I remember coming here as a player and I used to party my ass off. Now I'm going to be here every day? Oh, man, 120 starts? Out at 4 o'clock, all good. (laughs) And I could just be able to party all night and come to the ballpark in my uniform. That happened many, many times in the 80s and 90s. And so the things changed for the Cubs in that regard, where you had more of an emphasis on winning. You had a philosophy, a style. One of the things I always talk about when doing these shows over the years is that you have to have a philosophy. It's just like marketing. It's just like anything else. It's just like anything else. What you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out what are we as a business. And so whether you have to describe that in five words, in three words, in marketing, you try to figure out, like, who are we? You have to have some kind of mission statement. The Cubs have had a mission statement under Joe Madden. Try not to suck. Not bad, right? But now that's not good enough. Could you imagine me sitting here and the news breaks during this show that Joe Madden has been let go because, well, the team just doesn't look like they're going to win the World Series. Well, keep in mind that the World Series is not granted for everybody. You can build a team, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. But you've got to be able to do what it takes to get there. And so if you see the holes and I see the holes, how come the holes have not been filled? Is someone trying to place someone else as a scapegoat? Here's some questions to Theo Epstein. One of the questions that was posed to him was on Waddle and Sylvie, is fatigue a problem with this Cubs team? Joe understands the rhythms of the season and, and rest, and the importance of it as, as much as, as anybody. The same, it's a tricky subject, though, because you, you, you also don't want to talk about it too much or you end up using it as an excuse and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think the best way to counter um, fatigue is to have tremendous depth. We typically have on this club, and this year, because of some underperformances, because of some decisions on my part that need to be better, like we haven't had quite the depth that we've had in years past is something we're actively trying to fix. I think that's the best way to combat fatigue. Yep. Yep. Now, I will always dig my heels in and tell you that the Cubs, as far as their core, is as solid of any core in American League or National League. Who wouldn't want bias? Who wouldn't want Rizzo? Who wouldn't want Bryant? Who wouldn't want Wilson Contreras when healthy? Who wouldn't want John Lester on their team? Point is, is that the core, I believe, is good enough. But the other thing is, is that it takes more than that. I'm not saying, 
like they are a Ben Zobrist away from being a World Series champion because you don't know what Ben Zobrist you're going to get, so don't hang your hat on that. Also, I, I want to be able to point out the arrogance of some Cub fans as well, and I'm working with one today, in that, um, not Eric, because Eric's a Sox fan, so that, that narrows it down. So, Felix, you're telling me like like Terrence Gore, right? <laughs> yeah, like, right? This is not Terrence Gore. You know, all he needs Terrence Gore. You know, everything to get it. He needs to be at the top of the line of everything be good, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, Terrence Gore. Terrence Gore's not coming to the Cubs. Yankees, right? That is correct. Yeah, Yankees, right? So the arrogance, oh, oh you need Terrence Gore, bro. You know, just a little speed and a lot. No, it, it, nothing is guaranteed to you. This is the difference between like a couple of years ago where you're right about someone that can provide speed to the lineup. This is exactly what you're looking for, right? But all of a sudden, other players are like, nah, you know what? Uh, you know, I'll take Terrence Gore because I know that guy's fast. In a, in a baseball that we see now in 2019, it's about home runs because of <clears throat> launch angle and the ball being juiced. You know, you want to have speed in the lineup too. Cubs seem so station to station. Oh, that's why I've always said, especially under Madden, the Cubs look more of it like an American League team than a National League team. The typical National League team takes the extra base. Cubs have some of that, but not enough. When you are struggling to score runs or if you're pitching a suspect, you got to be able to score as many runs as possible if the home run ball's not coming. The Cubs are just you know, kind of leg heavy in that regard and, and some of those guys in the lineup. So speed is good. Terrence Gore, not coming to the Cubs. Now what? So when we hear from Theo, right, when the question was posed to him about fatigue, listen to the last 10 seconds. Ignore the first 25. Joe understands the rhythms of the season and, and rest and the importance of it as, as much as, as anybody. And the same, it's a tricky subject, though, because you, you, you also don't want to talk about it too much or you end up using it as an excuse and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think the best way to counter um, fatigue is to have tremendous depth. We typically have on this club, and this year, because of some underperformances, because of some decisions on my part mm. that need to be better, like we haven't had quite the depth that we've had in years past as something we're actively trying to fix. I think that's the best way to combat fatigue. Yeah. Yep. And it falls at the feet of the general manager and of the guy that's in front of the baseball operations. It's on the team, too, for underachieving their core, but also it falls on everyone. See, you, you you cannot parse the blame and just put a pie chart on it and say, what percentage of the blame is Theo? And what percentage of the blame is McLeod? And what percentage of the blame is, you know, Julian Green? And who's the, you know, who? It's not, you don't do that. No, when you underachieve, everybody underachieves. All the Cubs could do better. They're, they're playing well now. Good win, good series win against the Reds. Beat up on the Pirates. Now you have to have that sustained momentum. And yes, they are what they are in first place, but how sustainable is that? At some point, you are what you are, and, and um, we, you know, we're gonna, we have an opportunity here to play really good baseball and separate ourselves. We've, you know, we've made the most errors in the league. We've made the most outs on the bases in the league, and so some of those things are, are getting in the way of, of, of us as letting our talent manifest consistently we don't want to be known for that stuff so you know we we just have to fix those little things and play better because you you know i could say that's not characteristic of who we are but if you do it over a long stretch of time you are how you play so 
the guys in the clubhouse know that. You know, they need they know we need to clean that up and play consistent, assertive baseball, and we're um, we're hopeful it's going to happen. Theo Epstein with Waddle and Sylvie. Absolutely. But I'm here to tell you right now that it would be smart for Theo and Jed to be able to start negotiating a deal for Madden. If you're going to fall on the sword and say, I didn't do enough, that means you're going to fire Madden at the same time. Can you do that? It's my fault you're fired. How's that sound? <laughs> How's that sound? I'm sorry. We underachieved. You're fired. No, that doesn't work that way. I guess when you are in the chair, you can do that. But that looks horrible for a guy who brought a World Series championship to the ball club. You don't. To me, I am defending Madden to be able to stay for at least a couple more seasons. It should have been done a couple years ago. But if you're trying to work on something with this core, and it's all about stability. There is bad stability, and then there's good stability. Bad stability is when you have Marvin Lewis in place as a head coach for the Bengals forever, knowing that you're not doing anything. That's bad stability. That's when you have John Paxton and Gar Foreman in place with the Chicago Bulls year after year after year and seeing the same results or not seeing championship results. If you, if you, if you want to make the case, see Red Nation, that, oh, well, you know, Derek, we were in the playoffs and we were, okay, fine. But isn't the ultimate goal the Larry O'Brien trophy? Okay, if that's the case, then where are you? So you can have consistency and stability when it's bad, but you want stability when you think you're going to do something special. In the mix. Cubs are in the mix. But are you where the Dodgers are? Are you where some of the upper echelon teams are in baseball? The guys strike hot in the second half, and we'll see what happens. Glad to have you in today. Um, let me get on to this, too, about the Bears. So we talk about coaches, right? And we talk about Joe Madden. I believe that Joe Madden should be retained as the manager of this team, at least for another couple of years. You can negotiate that. And you, it, however this goes, for as long as Theo is in place for t- through 2021, Madden should be there as well. But that's on Clark and Addison to figure that out. But let me get to Lake Forest and talk about the Bears for a second. So everywhere you turn, and we're going to talk to Stacey Dales about this as well. Stacey uh, covered the Bears a lot last season for NFL Network and does a lot of football conversation and reporting throughout the Midwest. There's always, well, what do you think about Trubisky? What, what do you think the Bears is going to look at? What, what do you think of the offense? What, what do you think of Matt Nagy? Because people are intrigued to find out, are the Bears the next big thing? Like the Rams were the next big thing. The Rams with a young head coach and Sean McVay, a young quarterback in golf and a strong defense. What does that sound like? It sounds like the Bears a lot. And so even though Vegas thinks that the Bears might take a little bit of a step back, I think that many are intrigued to see, okay, what is Trubisky? So some thoughts from Lewis Riddick from ESPN on NFL Live talking about his thoughts on Trubisky, the quarterback for the Bears. To be successful, and I think this is the year where he has one of those seasons where you go, wow, look what Trubisky's doing in All Chicago. All right, yeah, good little, news for Bears fans. Yep, little inside info. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> they love what he's looking like. Mm-hmm. His maturation from last year to this year, his understanding of the offense from last year to this year is light years apart. He's now able to, like, experiment and do certain things within this office. I mean, you know how this goes. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm not having to think and having to sit there and go, what was the play call again? What exactly. was the formation? What was the personnel grouping? Yep. He knows all that. He can finish Matt's play call for him. Yep. And now they love their running back room. They love David Montgomery. 
him combined with Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, they think, look, they think this year the offense could really close. The, it's funny that you talk about it this way. They think the offense can close the gap on the defense as far as who really is driving the bus up there. And if they can do that and Chuck Pagano can keep that defense playing at the same level Vic Fangio Then I think we got something. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, oh, Would boy. Would it be a fly on the wall in those Fair. practices, right? That offense Down. up against that yeah. defense in practice? That's right. That'll be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Riddick, who who doubled down now on his thoughts on the Bears because, remember, had the Bears in the Super Bowl last year, and he gave us a little bear down right there. So Matt Nagy. Party some penis and cracker jack. The head coach of the Bears has some things cooking offensively for this team. Now, let's juxtapose what the Bears and Matt Nagy is all about. Party some penis and cracker jack. With what the Green Bay Packers are doing. The Green Bay Packers with a new head coach in Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur taking over for Mike McCarthy is a guy that understands offense, but this is a little bit of a different dynamic because this is what Aaron Rodgers as the lead dog, the really the face of the franchise. Aaron Rodgers likes to do things his own way. You've seen him audible. You've seen him do a lot of great things. And listen, if you're a Bears fan, you know how great Aaron Rodgers is. The case can be made the best quarterback that the Bears have ever had is Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field, playing against the Bears, right? But Chris Sims and Aaron Rodgers had a conversation from Bleacher Report, right? From Bleacher Report. And... Listen to what Aaron says about playing for his new head coach and audibling. Listen closely. All right, so you excited about LaFleur and everything? I am excited about it. Um, I am too. The the, the most important thing with change is is embracing it and being comfortable with the uncomfortable parts of it. Because, you know, look, when you've been in the system for so long, you have a way of doing things. Right. And the first part is to be open to it. And that's, you know, that's what I told him day one. I said, I want to be coached. You know, I'm excited about the opportunities. The scheme works. Yeah. Look around, the scheme works. Oh, I know. I mean, my buddy's Kyle Kyle Shanahan. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. The stuff they did against us this year right? in San Francisco. Isn't it unbelievable? unbelievable? How they get people open? We're watching the signs going. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They crack the code yeah. on defense is a lot. And it's been fun. It really has been fun. Yeah. I mean, I got a great room. I got him in the room. I got I got Nathaniel Hackett. Yep, I know. Been on the game forever. Right. Who's a great guy. Yep. And I got Lou Getze, who uh-huh. I've known for a long time. Okay. So life's good. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. And you guys will get the audible thing figured out. I mean, I know. Too much has made it. I know it is. Because there's audibles in every play. Well, I've been trying to defend people and just say, I think it's great that you guys are actually publicly having the conversation. I think that's a positive that LaFleur is willing to talk about it. You are. And that means it's going in the right direction. I know a lot of people thought it was a negative, and I just didn't see it that way. There's nothing negative about having a lot of experience being able to do things that other quarterbacks just can't do. Yeah, right. right. Or haven't done. Right. (laughs) See, here's. Here's the rub, Eric, because if you listen to, especially the last 30 seconds of it, because this has been a storyline at ESPN Wisconsin, right, about whether or not Matt LaFleur, who prefers for you to run the play that he calls and not audible out of it, but you know that Rodgers has been one of the best of it because whatever McCarthy called, sometimes you could see that there was a check at the line of scrimmage and just kind of like, okay, I see the defense better than what was called, so I'm going to change it. And, the, and my offensive line and, the, and my teammates know what to do. 
this will be an interesting tug of war between LaFleur and Rodgers. And I'm, I'm juxtaposing both of these, like Trubisky and Rodgers. I'm not saying Trubisky is going to be better than Rodgers. However, I think that the Bears team, from a personnel standpoint, is better than the Packers. But that point of it, because you're always afraid, right? Because it's the Packers. It's the boogeyman. It's like, ah, they've beaten us so much. The Bears have been the nail and the Packers have been the hammer so long, right? Now you're just wondering, if is there going to be a little bit of a sea change? Can you start seeing the Packers take a little bit of a back seat, even though, again, the Bears have been the team with momentum? But that part, though, with uh, Sims and Rodgers talking on the golf course, by the way, very quietly. I was going to say, first off, don't do a podcast while golfing. Someone shoots all of a sudden. They're talking super quietly. It's like, come on. <laughs> the wind blowing. But a lot of so... As you know, Matt LaFleur comes from that Matt Shanahan-style offense, and they have plays in the scheme that may not work the first time they run it, but they're set up so the next time they run it, it's a big splash play down the field. Rodgers had McCarthy call in plays, who I personally have never been a fan of as a play caller, so he's always been just switching what what he's been calling. In this case, LaFleur's calling plays that may not work, so they will cause big plays at the end, and that's something that Rodgers will have to adjust to. Is that, well, uh, somebody's got to adjust. That's your idea. Yes, somebody, one or the other is adjusting. I mean, the the veteran, the veteran that's been there and done that is the MVP, the veteran, yep. The guy that's done it, or a first year head coach. And that push and pull can be an effect to the team. At this point in time, Aaron Rodgers is the Dirk Nowitzki of the NFL. And that's not a bad thing because he won one championship. But you would think, after all these years and all these division championships, that the Rodgers and that offense, the whole team under McCarthy could have been better. And Rodgers, his career isn't as, to me, as far as championship level, is an underachieving career. Underachieving. Even with the championship, it's under... I can say the same thing for Dirk. But I think that, yes, he's a champion. Great. But you had thought the Packers would have been able to knock down a couple. Favre only won one. Rodgers only won one. But let's see the Bears. Uh, however many wins you think they're going to have, can they be better than the Packers this upcoming season? Still to be determined. Coming up next, we will talk to David Schoenfeld, his thoughts about the Cubs, Sox, and everything else around Major League Baseball. And the one question that I'm curious to know is, if he had his druthers, is it Trout for him? Or is it Bryce Harper for him? Which, what is his choice? We talk about it as we move forward here on UTH. Jonathan Hood. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? When I bought the ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning? On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. This portion of Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood is brought to you by Enzo Custom. Experience true custom and get the suit that you really want. Go to EnzoCustom.com, schedule an appointment, and get $50 off by telling them Tom Waddle sent you. We will have summer football coming at the top of the hour here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Oh, by the way, by the way, we got tickets to give away. Call now if you want your tickets. We got tickets. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. We've got tickets for you. Get your tickets. 
four tickets to the Chicago Blackhawks convention July 26th through the 28th at the Hilton Chicago. Meet your favorite current and alumni Blackhawks, including Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and more. Visit Blackhawks.com backslash convention to purchase passes today. We'll tell you when you can call for your tickets to the Blackhawks convention. Our way of saying thanks for listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Time to talk some more baseball. Here's David Schoenfeld, who covers Major League Baseball like a blanket. Hold on a second. Hold on, Dave. Hold on a second. ESPN 1000, hi. 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 I was calling about the Blackhawks convention? No, not, not not yet. When I when I tell you to call, uh, <laughs> when I tell you to call, you call for your tickets, all right? Stay, keep listening. I got it. Thank you. See now, now there's a list, there's a lesson for you. <laughs> Make sure, Eric. Right? They took that well, though. Yeah. They're like, okay, all right, I'm ready next time. Yes, next time. Yes, <laughs> when we give you the cue to call, we'll let you know when to call for Blackhawks. Like clockwork. All you got to do is mention it, and the phones ring up. Absolutely. I was hoping that she would just call and say, well, "Hey, I heard you giving out tickets," and not know what the tickets were for. And not that, that's so typical too. Yep. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you when to, to call within. I would say the next hour between now and Tales from the Hood, we'll make sure that you guys are hooked up with tickets to the Blackhawks convention. Our way of saying thanks for listening to us weeknights here on ESPN One Thousand. All right, here's David Schoenfeld, covers Major League Baseball for ESPN.com. Uh, David, would you like the ticket, sir? Uh, you know, my mind is so focused on baseball right now. Although I am from Seattle, if you have new, if you have tickets for the new NHL team in Seattle, I'll take those ones. <laughs> Ron Francis, the new GM, that's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, that's right. I heard my wife told me that yesterday. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, if I was back in Seattle, I would be pumped up about hockey. But right now, I'm mostly pumped up about baseball. I understand, and so am I. So we, we were talking our last half hour about Joe Madden and. and you know, Dave, from my standpoint, you know, I believe that Joe Madden should have had a contract extension. I think that his contract should be linked to um, Theo Epstein because his contract's over in 2021. But that's not the case because right now Madden is is fighting for his job. Do you see a path for Joe Madden to return to the Cubs next season? Uh, you know, I, I'm just this is pure speculation. I think it's totally dependent on what happens. Not so much in the regular season because for him to come back at the minimum they have to make the playoffs but I think even beyond that probably has to make the World Series I think to return next year I think there's a reason they haven't given that extension and it's based on performance in October and you can debate whether that's fair or not but that's kind of what I'm guessing, you know, so I think the pressure is, is going to be on Madden to get that team to the World Series this year I mean it just, you, listen, as baseball fans, you know magic when you see it. And the Cubs don't have that magic. It's not because, <laughs> it's not because Zobris isn't there or because, yeah, they have a lack of, of some quality depth, that's for sure. But the core is not getting it done well enough. I guess that's, I think, we see the Dodgers every night. So you know the difference between the Cubs and the Dodgers. So that's what the Cubs don't have. They don't yeah. have that, they don't have that depth like the Dodgers have, I think. No, no, I agree. There's no doubt the Dodgers clearly look like the standout team in the NL. And, you know, my old school argument has always been anything can happen in the playoffs. But the last couple of years, it's been powerhouse teams. Houston in 2017, the Red Sox last year. 
the Dodgers getting to the World Series two years in a row. So at least the last couple, you know, the Cubs in 2016, you know, were a powerhouse. So the recent trend, anyways, has clearly been these 100-win teams making the World Series. It's not like, you know, the Royals winning the World Series. That wasn't a great team, but they were good enough that year. They got hot at the right time. Or the Giants in 2014, they were were a wild-card team. Um, But the recent trend is, yeah, Super teams are getting there. The Cubs, right now, they don't look like a super team. Dave, um, what impresses you most? Is it is it Bryce Harper or Mike Trout so far this season? Between those two, who's the, I mean, because all the numbers say you know Trout's been great, but and and Harper is doing what he can with the Phillies. So who's impressed you more this year? Yeah, no, Mike Trout. Let's he's on a planet of his own right now. You know, Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger are kind of trying to give him a run for best player in the game. But Mike Trout, in fact, right now he's missed the last couple of days with an injury, but he's in the midst of one of his best hot streaks he's ever had. I think eight home runs in his last 40 plate appearances, something like that. He's the best player in baseball. He's our Willie Mays, our Mickey Mantle, our Ted Williams. Nobody else is close. Bryce Harper, he's been good. You know, I thought he probably should have been an all-star you know, based somewhat on his numbers and somewhat on it's Bryce Harper. He's a star, right? He's he's arguably the face of the game. Is he having a great year? No, he's not an MVP candidate. He's been fine. Uh, he's been picking it up a little bit the last few weeks. Has uh, had a couple clutch hits, but yeah, Mike Trout. He's on a level all, all to his own. David Schoenfeld covers Major League Baseball for ESPN.com. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So after watching uh, another bad White Sox performance against the Royals and being swept, uh, <laughs> I'm done now, Dave. I'm done. So they can, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. It's it's that's all because it, I mean it's it's one thing to get swept by the A's because they're one of the hottest teams in baseball, not the hottest team in baseball right now. But when you when you play down to the Royals, that was. That's that's uh, that's tough to watch. It's tough to invest. So I will ask you: When you look at the White Sox overall, do you foresee the, the Cubs? Do you see the Braves? Do you see the White Sox on that trajectory? Yeah, you know, it's a really good question. We had a little piece uh, on this a couple weeks ago on ESPN. We do a weekly preview. I think it was when the White Sox did they play the Cubs a couple weeks. So anyways, we're debating. Yes. Which team's going to be better in 2021? So two years from now, you know, right in it, or maybe it was 2022, you know, when Brian and Baez and Rizzo are free agents. We don't know whether they'll be back with the Cubs in three years. That's a long ways down the road. Or do you like where the White Sox are going? And a couple of my colleagues were all in on the White Sox. They like the youth, the young players, you know, the potential I'm not quite as sold on the White Sox. You know, for one thing, who's their best pitcher right now? Okay, Lucas Giolito. He's had two good months. We don't really know if he's an ace yet. Maybe he is. I want to see it for a longer period of time. But beyond that, all these other pitchers either haven't been good or they've been getting hurt. So you basically have about half a proven starter right now. So that's a long way from from a playoff team. You know, we're seeing some, you know, a few good signs on offense, but I got to see more from that rotation before I'm buying the White Sox in good in a couple of years. Are you purposely trying to hurt my feelings or? I'm not. 
Well, we haven't made the playoffs since oh what? Yeah, and it's been a long time now for the White Sox, and um, it, it's it's tough to get over that hump. And I, the problem is, all these front offices they looked at what the Cubs did, and they looked at what the Astros did, and said, "We'll do the same thing. Just tear it apart, down to the shreds, and start over." I'm not saying it can't work, but it's hard, especially when you have six other, seven other teams across baseball doing the same thing, um, you know, so there's a lot of teams competing for those high draft picks, you know, competing for free agents when they think they're ready to win. It's hard, you know, there's only so many teams that can be good, and I think what the Cubs and Astros did, we're going to find out, is going to be hard for these rebuilding teams to uh, replicate. I got a uh, I got a column idea for you, Dave. Are you ready for okay. this? This is for the winter. You you're too busy now because there's too much stuff going on. But like, you know, on a on a on a snowy night in January, you can throw this out and yeah. see if the editors <laughs> like this, all right? So so I I think that uh and you follow along some of these um these Twitter um these Twitter sites as well, like Super 70 Sports or showing old videos of baseball when yep, you and I yep. were growing up. So, and I just saw like the, was it the All-Star game, Dave Parker with the great throw from yep. the outfield? Um, so, so the question is, in a great, what I think is a great column, what do you want to see return to baseball from your childhood? And so in that clip that you had on your Twitter at D. Schoenfeld was the ump with, <laughs> with the ump with the chest protector. Is that is it? Can you yeah. have, can you bring the chest protector back? I don't want them in the full suit like they were back in the day with the red jacket yeah. and the black tie. But maybe the chest protector. And I also and seriously, I do miss the golf cart from the bullpen. Yeah. Well, did they try? Who brought that back this year? I forget which team. Uh, Arizona maybe tried to do the golf cart. Maybe that was last year. I don't remember. I think a couple guys rode in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, the chest protector. That's a good one. Trouble is, we're not going to have umpires in a couple years. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can put uh, chest protectors on the, the robot standing behind the plate. Um, no, yeah, that boy, it, it, you know, that's kind of the great thing about baseball. And when you look at these old highlights, it is fun to see these subtle changes in the game. Well, my ones that I always point out is what you mentioned the All-Star Game 79. The World Series that year mm-hmm. was uh, the Orioles and the Pirates. And games in Pittsburgh on the old turf, you see all the football yard lines, you know, still painted on the turf. Mm-hmm. Or they tried to clean them off. But, you can, so, but Baltimore, where, of course, the Colts were still there playing, the field was a disaster. You know, the outfield's torn up, you know. This wasn't that long ago. The teams were playing World Series games on these crappy fields, and now, you know, the fields are immaculate. So that's another thing that, you know, when you watch these old videos. So I'm not advocating bringing back crappy, torn-up fields, though. <laughs> but you are saying AstroTurf. You want that back. All right, we'll see what happens. And definitely not AstroTurf. <laughs> Although, the one thing I did love, I say this a lot, about the AstroTurf era, especially all those NL stadiums had turf, a lot of them, is it did put more of an emphasis on speed and defense. And, of course, I would love to see that brought back to the game. As we know, it's all home runs. I would like to see a little more diversity in styles of play and, you know, bring back the stolen base and the hit and run. But I know the analytics say that's not the best strategy. Just sit back and hit a three-run homer. But I love the style of, of game in the 80s where you had 
steals and hit and runs and home runs. You know, I want everything. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, lastly? What is the next piece you're working on, Dave? Uh, well, we're right, you know, trade deadline, you know, July 31st, of course, one of the, the best days of the baseball calendar. So just working on a list of, of you know, guys who, who probably will be traded, you know, 30 or so main guys to look at. I think the big name out there that we don't know what's going to happen with him is Trevor Bauer uh, of the Indians. They're in the race, you know, only I think three and a half or four behind Minnesota, but it's they're, they might trade him. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. He might be traded. He he could be a difference maker, and they they would want some you know some offense return. So I think Trevor Bauer, um, of course, Madison Bumgarner is probably the other big name. Um, so just uh, who might be traded? Check look for that uh, early next week. Dave, as always, I appreciate your time here in Chicago. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Jonathan. It is David Schoenfield who covers Major League Baseball like a blanket for ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter at DSchoenfield. Don't forget Summer of Football, the top of the hour. Jonathan Hood. If you know, you know, when we all clicking like Golden State and you and your team are the motorcade. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. On ESPN 1000. You guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one question. What? With Jonathan Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Just one question. Oh, there's one more thing. On ESPN 1000. It's time for one question with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad that you're with us, as we always do. I tell Sean, go through your phone book, and I go through my phone book, because some people just don't have time for a full interview, but they do have time for one question. So I'm going through the, my phone book, I'm going, and I stopped at the M's, and I found my cousin Maceo, and he's with me here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mace? What's up, Jay Hood? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good, good. Listen, I, before we start, I know that um, we saw the passing of Pernell Whitaker, a great boxer, Pernell Whitaker. And when you saw that story, what was your reaction to it? Man, I just, just one of the best um, fighters of his era. One of the best fighters of his era by far. You think about the, the lightweights, because it seemed like our whole family is like into boxing. I guess that's a generational thing. Lightweights, like, he's got to be in the top ten, right? Definitely. Definitely in the top ten. Yeah. He, one of the best finishers. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about it the other day about, like, defense. That's the thing that stood out to me the most is that. Yeah, exceptional defense. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably the best defense I've seen in lightweight. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, that took me for a loop because that just reminded me of seeing some of his great fights, you know, through the years. So, yeah, so rest in peace, uh, Sweet Pea, for sure. Rest in peace, Sweet Pea. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, so are you ready, sir, for one question? Are you, this is your first time on ESPN 1000, so are you ready, sir, for for one question? Okay. Okay, here's the question. The question I have for you, Maceo, is this. Who is pound for pound... The second best boxer that you've seen in your lifetime. In my lifetime, ooh, that's a great question. Uh, I like to go with Sugar Ray Leonard. Why? 
and the, the, the boxing skills, the heart, the chin, the determination. I mean, this dude came back um, three different times. Um, he he beat he, he fought and he beat everybody tough in the era. Um, Durant, Hearns came back out of retirement and beat Hagler. That was a that was a tough era of boxing. To me, that's the toughest era of boxing other than the seventies in the heavyweight division. So you go with Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard, by far. He was great, man. I mean, pe- I mean, people sit up here and they and they talk about how great Floyd Mayweather is. To me, if Floyd Mayweather fought during Leonard and, and Hagman Hearns in that era, he would have. To me, he would have been a journeyman. He would have been a journeyman. He wouldn't have been as great as he was during the time he's boxing now, back in a, in a, in the mid to early eighties. What you think about that? <laughs> a journeyman. That you said Floyd would a have been a journeyman. <laughs> a journeyman. See, now people, you understand what my basement parties are like. <laughs> <laughs> and that- people, don't, people don't understand it, Jay Hood. People just went back and, and analyzed those fights, man. Yeah. Compared to what Mayweather went, went against, it's, it's no comparison. It's no comparison. See, and that, my friends, is one question.